You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello. And welcome back to the podcast that is called OK Sis. And I'm Madela. You know what, Mads? You should just stick to what you know and come in and slow. <laughs> not your forte, Mads. Not your forte. I'm not a slow gal. I was really second guessing myself. I'm really sorry. I tried to shake it up and it failed. I failed. And you know what, Scout? I'm not afraid of failure anymore. It's <laughs> uh, okay. The snickering of your laugh is just too great. It's just too great. Scout, you grew up with the snicker. You grew up with the snicker. All right. You don't need to 
seem like it's this new thing that's happening to my voice. Like I've always had this cackle of a laugh. I was going to say, I can't tell if it's a cackle or a snicker. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's kind of, Im- I don't even think a snicker is a word that people use to describe laughs. You know, it's a combination. It's a beautiful combination. It's an intersection of the snicker and the cackle. It has its unique identifier. And you know what? I love it. I don't care how annoying people think I am. I picture you kind of as like the uh, the witch from Wizard oh. of Oz when you. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Coming in hot. Okay. Hello, sisters. I am Scout, as Mads has said a couple times, but I thought that I deserved to also introduce myself into this episode. Yeah. When we do intro, or where I, <laughs> I should say when I do the intro, I just kind of always go straight into the conversation and I leave you in the dust and I leave you with the sans introduction and I apologize. You know what? Common theme of our relationship doesn't just happen in the intros. <laughs> I think this is something that uh, we can pinpoint back to history as a trend between the two of us and it's okay. I accept that you oftentimes leave me in the dust and I would legitimately take a bullet for you. It's just... Just the dynamic. You know, I think it's a dynamics between an older sister and a younger sister. Sisters, dear listeners, please let us know if this is something you experience as an older versus younger sister, because I, I think it's very much rooted in that dynamic. Definitely. Yeah, that's what I tell myself so that I don't cry myself to sleep every night. Just kidding. Okay, so sisters, this episode, this episode, we are going to release a recording of one of the live Green Room shows that we do every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We do a live show on Green Room, which is Spotify's app. And we had a ridiculously good inflow, out of body, or I should say, full body chills conversation. We did a little mental health check-in. And when we hopped off Green Room, we knew that we had to publish it. Yeah, I think, you know, we don't typically publish these conversations because they're, you know, very special in the moment conversations. And we like to, you know, on Green Room, if you haven't joined with us, there's a little discussion chat. So people are always chatting as we're talking. So it kind of feels very collaborative. So we don't tend to post them on our regular podcast feed. But after we got off, we were just, I don't know, it felt really important to share that episode just because, you know, I've just evolved so much. And I'm like a wise old woman. Coming back to the wise old witch analogy. You know what? You know what, Mads? Don't know if witches are wise. <laughs> wise is wise is my adjective. So I know, but this conversation, like I was fucking wise, you know? Yeah. You know, I have to say that while you were talking, I was thinking in my mind, if someone just if we transcribe the conversation and someone just read the quotes, one would think that it was me talking. I'm not gonna lie. I know. You guys Scout and I did like a parent trap situation. We switched places. Oh, well, I don't know if we switched places, but that's okay. (laughs) Although, you know what? I just always, God, when I, you know, parent trap came out when I was like kindergarten and it just, I just wanted that to be my reality when I was young. You know, I wanted to be a Spice Girl and I wanted parent trap to be my reality. Yeah. Ooh, I would like to bring up something for you. Oh. So I know that you are not watching 
The Bachelor, but it did premiere this past week. And so I just wanted to bring up something that was super funny. One of the gals who got voted off, which is really sad, <laughs> voted off. She just, you know, wasn't asked about. What is up with this gal thing? You keep saying gals. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, I actually I don't know. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so there's a gal that <laughs> voted off of The Bachelor. And of course, I forgot her name. But her occupation was bar mitzvah dancer. And as I do every week, I was listening to Bachelor Party with Juliet Lippman on The Ringer, which is the best Bachelor podcast there is out there. And her and Jared Freed, our good friend Jared Freed, were discussing at nauseum, at length, the bar mitzvah dancer experience and how like they couldn't believe that like people didn't grow up with the bar with knowing what a bar mitzvah dancer is. It's just such a niche specific thing that we just like weirdly like claimed as normal while we were growing up. Yeah. Question. How old do you think the average bar and bat mitzvah dancer is? I mean, probably late twenties and they're literally like boogieing and twerking with the <laughs> 13 year old like little <laughs> snot nosed Jewish kids you know what at your bat mitzvah the bar and bat mitzvah dancers so we all jumped in the pool after your bat mitzvah because we had it oh, at yeah. our dad's house they jumped in the pool with us and I feel like that's a line that they crossed that is a professional line that they crossed they joined the fucking party I oh my god I mean look they were the hype men like they were integral to the party they were hyping us all up they you know remember coke and pepsi they're facilitating the games like and they were always wore black and red like weird always, always. why were they always, why was that the bar mitzvah uniform i don't know but you know what like the peak of my party life was eighth grade oh a hundred percent because sometimes i had three bar bat mitzvahs to go to in a weekend and they were all elaborate they were beautifully done they were in gorgeous hotels we were you know grinding to 50 cents we were making out under the tables it was a yeah. good fucking time oh yeah and also it was peak music like our and we always reference that era of music as bar mitzvah music it's like yeah peak music 50 cent ludicrous Chris, Usher, just, I mean, the most nostalgic. Whenever I make a playlist, I search bar mitzvah music in Spotify, and there are so many good playlists that I kind of like peruse through. It's just, it is its own genre. That's a, that's a good flex. Like look up bar mitzvah playlist. Yeah, that's a hot tip. Hot tip. If you're looking to fucking get down tonight. I can't believe you've never shared that with me because Bar Mitzvah Playlist is the epitome of me. Yeah, you're like really rooted in that era for sure. Your musical interests have not evolved <laughs> since that time. Well, yeah, they haven't evolved past 17, I would say, probably. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For well, sure. Yeah, you know, we fell in love in a hopeless place. That one got through. But anyways. That one got through. <laughs> oh, shoot. It <laughs> snuck its way through. <laughs> okay, let's do current fixation so we can get into this very serious, very spiritual, very heartwarming conversation. I will start. My current fixation is this salt scrub called Siren of the Sea by Native Nectar. The, not the flavor, the, the, what is it called? The smell? The, like, the scent? No, the, the scent? The type? Not the taste. <laughs> the type? What's it called? Wait, we, we have had this conundrum before. The, it's not the, the theme. It's not the type. It's not the taste. <laughs> I guess it's the smell. 
the smell. I think it's yeah, the smell. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's the smell of it. Okay. Wow. This is. We need to come up with another word. Okay. There so is the, one. We've done. We've done this before. Oh well. Okay. People are screaming at their headphones. <laughs> <laughs> the smell. That <laughs> doesn't sound right. Is um. Oh God. Lavender, juniper, and grapefruit. And it's an exfoliate and moisturized salt scrub, which is what I love because you get the exfoliation, but then it leaves your whole body moisturized. And I'm somebody who needs to moisturize immediately after the shower. So this is a one-stop shop. It is by Native Nectar. I will say just one tip if you're going to get it and you have one of those shower plug things that catches your hair, take that off because the consistency of this salt scrub is quite thick and it could kind of clog that part of your shower up. It won't clog your shower up. It'll clog your the hair catcher up. So every time I put it on, I'll take that off and then wash it off. My friend Tiffany Paul gave it to me. She sent me the most beautiful care package after my book launch when I was a little burnt out of a bunch of things that kind of can help me self-care, relax, etc. So this was in the beautiful care package that she sent me and it's fucking so good. Just so good. So I'm almost out and I need to buy more. Mm, we love a body care current fixation. Yeah, you know, it's it's overlooked and it's necessary, especially in the winter seasons. Yeah, why do we forget about the body? We're so obsessed with, with the face skin. Because we haven't been marketed appropriately and haven't been mm. brainwashed into buying as many body <laughs> products as possible yet, which is, in my opinion, not, you know, an obvious marketplace because the body is much larger than the face. And therefore, I feel as if the products can be purchased on a bigger consumption level. But then again, you really only need like one body product, although not true. You can do the exfoliation, body oil, lotion, bath well you know you know what i think it is is because we i think body acne is a bit more rare than facial acne yeah so you just don't see you know like there's no evident issues with your body skin that you need to clear up you know what i mean yeah i mean for me i have ridiculously dry skin i have to put lotion or body oil or coconut oil all over my body every single morning and in your vagine okay Coconut oil only goes up my vagina mads as lube or if I have, if I feel like a yeast infection is coming on. Okay. So I know that's what I'm saying. And you put it in your vagine. Yeah. Coconut oil is this magical. You get yeast infection. We have actually have a, this is very a uh, 2019 okay sis of us. Coconut lube or coconut oil was like, we like didn't go five episodes without talking about coconut oil in your vagine. Because it is. Do you remember that time? Like what was yes. that? Yes. It's still like coconut oil is a staple. Staple. Yeah. And you all, you're, you're prone to the yeast you know, I don't I can't even tell you about my experience with <laughs> vaginal infections. It's like, you know, I I'm so proud of my body for not subjecting me to that. I, I don't I don't struggle with that. And I am so proud of myself for doing that for myself. That's good. I'm really. <laughs> is that like a jab at my body? I don't know what to think about <laughs> myself now. Should I reprimand my body? Should I be pissed no. at her? I don't know. No, but. I'm just fortunate so like literally one time I didn't sleep for over 24 hours because I had such a bad yeast infection I was in so much pain and when the doctor looked at my vagina she gasped and then like had to like pull her composure back together because she had never seen this bad of a yeast infection I had vaginosis for like a fucking year this is not this is like an issue <laughs> Of course 
it's an issue. Um, yeah, you know, you never want your doctor to gasp <laughs> at your vagina. That is just a red flag right there. <laughs> Anyways, it's been a lot better in my later adult years. Have you ever had a male gyno? Potentially once. Yes, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. He took out my IUD maybe or something. Because I have and it was the worst experience. This male gyno was mansplaining the vagina to me. And I was like, okay, sir, well, sir. I mean, he was probably just explaining. But since he's a man, you're saying that he's mansplaining. No, 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 no. He was so awkward and rude and telling me how I should feel in my vagine. And I said, sir, you do not have this vagine on your body. So how do you know how it feels? I mean, how does the psychiatrist know how I feel? Okay, let's, okay. Well, I don't think that's the same, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we don't need to share gyno horror stories because I've got plenty, including when a gyno had her fingers at me. She, after I just told her I was sexually active as a 17 year old, (laughs) she said, you know, you should really save yourself for marriage. I was like, it's like a little too late, late. too late, bitch, too late. So for that. Okay. What's your current fixation, dude? Okay. So my current fixation is something that I can't shut the fuck up about. So if you're part of the sisterhood, you probably have seen me ask about this in Geneva, which is our community center, our, our our little community center and all over the Instagrams. (laughs) I am obsessed with walking meditations like where have they been all my life so I'm not a walker you're a walker scout I've never been a walker my boyfriend is a big walker I just I don't know what it is I like don't want to get into my exercise outfit to go walking and if I don't get into my exercise outfit then I don't want to schwitz outside I don't want to put it's a whole dilemma in my brain it's like I work out in the mornings and I don't want to like do any other activity right so I'm not really a big walker but The other day I went for a hike by myself, which highly recommend. I do hot girl hikes where I go by myself and put in my headphones and blast Taylor Swift. And it's just a delightful, you know, inner connection that I do. And I was on this hike and I was like, let me just try this walking meditation. I've been really enjoying the app open, which I've mentioned many times on this podcast so far. And they had one. And I don't know what came over me, but the music, the woman's voice, like, It was like, again, we reference this in this episode, like I was having a uh, sober mushrooms trip. Like I was out of my body, but still in my body, awareness and being a mindful walker gal. I I couldn't believe it. So I'm obsessed with walking meditations. And then you recommended Mimi, Mimi, Mimi Moo. Mimi Mimi Bouchard, which we have to get on the podcast, by the way. Which is so interesting because a sister just DM'd me that Mariana Hewitt had Mimi on her podcast and did a 30-minute walking meditation as a podcast episode, which I thought was a great use of the auditory uh, medium. So yeah, so I'm going to listen to that and see how I like it. And then people say that she has an app and stuff. So I will, I'll check that out because I, yeah, I, wow, what a new world has opened up for me. And, you know, you could take it as slow as possible. You you know, you just, it's very mindful and aware of your surroundings. I enjoy it. Yeah, I got to try that out. I'm going to maybe do one this weekend because you've inspired me. Thank you. I love to inspire you. That's what I'm here for, really. 
Oh, okay. Well, sisters, now that we have talked for far too long on this, what was supposed to be quick intro, enjoy the meat of this episode. Enjoy Mad's spiritual, elevated, sober mushroom realizations and our mental health check-in. And we love you. We love you. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. 
our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. So if you have been hanging out with us on Green Room for past couple months, we have recently changed the name and the theme of this little live podcast that we do uh, from weekly hot takes because we just started to get like really negative and like unhinged. But obviously we will still talk about pop culture when the appropriate time comes, of course. And so we have updated it to mental health check-in because... We're mental health gal- girlies. We like to Oh, we went from gals to girlies. Yeah, I, I kind of fucked the little thing there. Yes, so we are mental health galleys, which is a combination of gals and girlies. And we're just like, you know, depressed queens. And we're so okay, excited. Okay. To- Speak for your fucking self. I am not identifying on the internet as a depressed queen, okay? I'm not 19 on Tumblr. I know that was very TikTok of me. I apologize. Okay, so we we're just gonna check in with each other every Thursday at 3 p.m. And obviously with you all, dear listeners and dear green room audience members. So let's do a mental health check-in right now for me. Scott, it's really interesting because I haven't sent you a voice note. I keep wanting to, and then I like forget to, and I forget to text you because it's about too long. But I have turned a corner. I have turned a new leaf. Oh my God. The leaf has been turned over and I am doing so much better than I was when you had to give me tough love that one afternoon when I was breaking down. And many people probably can relate to this. You know, I was in a rut. I was in a just constant funk as, as people would call it. And this week I feel light. I feel like I am living my truest and highest self-worth. I'm operating from a place of growth and opportunity. And all I can say is that I hope that I can sustain this mentality and this newfound appreciation for life and for myself. I still know that inevitably there will be challenges and there will be more ruts that come. But I do want to make sure that I remember this state of being so that I can somehow plug it in to when challenges arise in the future. So I'm, you know what? It is a good mental health day and week. Oh my gosh. Okay. So two things. One, when you said, I want to try to sustain this, I always feel the same way when I go up. And I feel like when I say that to myself, it's just makes the inevitable challenging moment, come down, you know, offbeat moment, feel like a defeat because I thought that I could sustain Mm -hmm. it. So just want to take the pressure off that this doesn't have to last forever, that emotions come in cycles and that using this moment as kind of this evidence that you come back to this next time you feel down is so beautiful. Can you one, I'm just so happy. I feel like I was, you know, a little ant pushing the leaf over for you. So oh, I, uh, yes, yes. I feel uh, as if my energy and my strategy was quite successful here. Not that I'm taking complete credit here, but I'm so happy. This, like, oh, makes my heart sing. Can you give some mm-hmm. tangible either steps or 
or can you walk us through how you, what it felt like when you started to move through the funk and out the other end? Yeah, a couple things. And I think even I expressed this to you where I said, you know, I'm doing the gratitude, I'm doing the meditation, I'm doing the workout, I'm doing the journaling. And it just like nothing makes me feel better. I realized and what you had pointed out to me is that it is a compounding interest, right? Like it, it's all these little, little, little days and moments that you be consistent in those practices. And then ultimately it comes to a fruition like this week I'm having this week. So honestly, I didn't really change anything dramatically, I just, I just continued with my journaling. I, as everyone knows, I've been doing the manifestation challenge with Lacey Phillips. So that has helped me to stay accountable each day to do those little deep imaginings and things of that nature. And then honestly, it's just, I don't even know, you know how we talked about, I think it was two episodes ago where I was like, that one meditation, or maybe it was this, I don't even know that one meditation where it said, like, think about how you have legs. And it like shook me because you could say that to someone over and over and over again. Like how many times have you gone through meditation and it's been a body scan and they say like, think about your legs like that, you know, but it never sunk into me until that moment. And you kind of talked about like the revelation and the actual like spiritual, moment that like your body just like is like shook you know and you're just like whoa I have legs and it's like this really weird out of it body experience almost it's a sober it's a sober mushroom trip I call it like that's when you feel like you you're seeing things so clearly and you're seeing things like above it's almost as if you're seeing a reality that's above reality yeah I love that haven't done mushrooms but I'm excited that I kind of experienced it that's good So that happened to me again this week where, you know, that we're gratitude whores. We fucking talk about gratitude all the time. We're always writing in our little gratitude, all the stuff we're grateful for and expressing it. And I don't know why, but this week in particular, something just like truly sunk in for me about how I am enough and I have enough. And I also have everything I need already. Like I already have everything. And it's, I'm not even talking about like material things, which I also had that sink in of just how, how grateful and amazing and blessed I am to have everything I need. And I literally do not need to buy another sweatsuit. Like I have it all. And that's not like a greedy (laughs) thing. It's not like a greedy thing. It's just like, it's just like, I have them. Like I I don't need anything. Mm -hmm. It's, It's like this really beautiful appreciation for, you know, I don't, I have the food I need. I have the, like, I have the material, but also I have everything inside of me to succeed. And I think I was really, really low self-worth and self-pity and self-deprecating the past month because I was like, Oh, I don't have, I don't have the X, Y, and Z therefore, you know, and it was definitely operating out of a fixed mindset. So now I came to this, I don't know if it was a meditation. I really don't even know what, what was the exact moment, but just this week I've been feeling so overcome with gratitude and like capability. I'm like, I fucking, even if I don't know how to do this, like I can fucking figure it out. Like I have the motivation. I have the tools. I have a computer. I have access to a network. I can email people. Like it's just this amazing realization and 
it definitely was me standing in my own way, as you had pointed out to me in your tough love-ness towards me, that it was me standing in my own way. And then when you just like step back and realize that you actually have everything within you and you're like all your manifest, I guess that you should have dreams and goals, whatever. But it's like, those things are already happening. Like you're already making the goal. Does that make sense? Like I'm literally, like I already have it within me. Oh, you know what? I think this is when it was. I was doing a the manifestation deep imagining and she asked to visualize yourself now, visualize yourself in like 15 years and then visualize yourself in like 20 years, right? So basically in 20 years, you, you picture yourself as your highest self-worth and whatever. And then having that person integrate with yourself currently. And I don't know, it's just something was like, oh wait, I am that person already that I'm like projecting out into the future. Like that person is me. Is any any of this resonating? I have the absolute biggest smile on my face right now because what you just described is enjoying the journey and not the destination because you feel fulfilled by your internal world. And that's the definition of enjoying the journey is when internally you are happy, internally you can feel what it feels like to be that 20 you know, year in advance projection. And since you can feel that, it already is you right now because you have the capability right. to feel that. So right. what you're saying is just the, like the, the subtext of everything you just said is a very, very spiritual concept that, that time is an illusion, right? That we can access different points of times with our emotional state. And you are integrating the internal experience as the most important part. And once your internal experience becomes the most fulfilling, grateful, sound, awake, alive place, your external world is going to start to reflect that in such a beautiful way, which is the definition of manifestation. You change your energy, you change your belief system, you change the way you feel about your life. And then things unfold because, you know, good energy attracts good energy, et cetera. If you're frazzled and stressed, you constrict. And if you're open and grateful, you allow for more to come in. So this is so major, Mads, so major. Yeah, look at me. You know, my 2022 goal was to live in the journey and not the destination. And I think I have completed that goal. Check. Oh my gosh, seriously. The way that you're speaking is so great. And it's such a good reminder that, all of the little things that we do, you know, the journaling, the this, the that, even when we don't feel good, we have to keep going because it is right. little incremental things that do add up eventually that will break through the, those, I don't want to say negative energy, but that discomfort or the constriction or the fear or the scarcity, you know, I sent you this podcast episode, which when I was listening to it, I knew that I was literally listening it, listening to it so that I could send it to you. Tom Bilyeu was a guest on Rachel Hollis's conference. And so she recorded it and sended it. And everything that Tom, he's the founder of Quest. He sold Quest for a billion dollars. Everything Tom said was a literal message to you, Mads. I was listening to it and I couldn't believe that I felt as if the entire episode, he was talking to you. Whoa. This is a human man? Yeah, Tom Bilyeu. You never heard of Tom Bilyeu? No. 
You know Quest Bars? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the founder. He sold it for a billion dollars. Oh, oh, do I know Quest Bars? I used to eat about five a day when I was at NYU, and I would put them in the microwave and pretend that they were cookies. Okay, that sounds like disordered eating. But moving on. <laughs> it's um, very disordered eating. <laughs> sounds like real disordered eating. But I'm just so happy right now. Oh, my God. Just I actually am a little bit speechless because the way you just spoke was definitely another elevated version, your highest version of who you are. You know, in uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, Supernatural, he uses the chakras. He really explains the chakras in a way that is just going to blow your mind, Matt. He doesn't call them chakras. He calls them energy centers. And I call them. Me and Dr. Joe are one in the same. Yeah, you got to read this book, man. I'm telling you. So he says well, that the first to, three. To, no, we need to make a, a book club like schedule and shit. Yeah, my friend Lauren wants to join, which like once you meet Lauren, ooh, you go to a different world. You go to a different realm. Ooh. She is a motherfucking vortex. Every time I talk to oh, her, I'm vortex. like, oh, my God, you are a magical person. But anyways, mm. so he describes healing in a really, really beautiful way. And that the first three energy centers are all based within the human experience. So we have the root chakra, we have the creative sexual chakra, we have the personal power chakra. Those three chakras are all around survival, pleasure, creativity, competition, growth, like everything that we as human beings have to experience on earth, right? And then once you can not master, but feel content and heal those three chakras is when you can move upwards into the heart chakra, the throat chakra, the third eye chakra, and the crown chakra, which all four of those energy centers are elevated, more spiritual and divine centers to live in. So if you only live in the first three chakras, you are only living in the confines of like the human matter experience, you know? But it's once you can heal your root chakra, heal your all those three areas, make sure that your life feels good on a survival physical standpoint, and then you can elevate to the higher energy levels and you channel through a lot clearer. So it sounds this like just sound, this sounds like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like getting like you have the the foundation and the basic needs, and then you can like rise yeah. to self actualization. Yeah, that's literally it with the metaphor and visualization of the chakra system. Mm, okay, I'm into it. I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, this book's insane. How are you doing? What does a mentally healthy scout look like this week? So this week, I am really, really proud of myself because I am going through definitely a lot of expansion right now, which I seem to you know, kind of be a theme that I do. I do all of it at once. So confidentially, even though this is public, I am in escrow on my first home. And so that's definitely, you know, financially, thank you, financially scary. I just signed a lease last month on an office. And so not only, you know, you got to pay the deposit, first month's rent, parking, and then you're furnishing it. So I'm really investing there. I'm also bringing on a new team member to Scouts Agency this month, and I am launching a project that I really invested in and put down for. So I am definitely feeling the financial expansion and investment that I'm putting on. And 
I miscalculated some of my bank statements. And I, after feeling sick for a couple of days, I was calculating it and I just felt myself enter into the veil and the trap of fear and scarcity. And I felt myself being on this hamster wheel. Like I kept adding up the numbers and adding up the numbers and then they would come up different every time because I was tired and scared and anxious and constricting. And I felt my survival, you know, chakra get really threatened. And I just entered into this complete spiral of telling myself narratives of I'm bad with money and I take too many risks and why can't I just chill for two seconds and why do I keep you know all these narratives about myself and I went to my coach and I boxered her and I sent a voice note and I and I said you know like this is happening to me right now I'm spiraling and I would just feel better if I had four thousand extra dollars this month in my business and um I caught myself this was like 25 minutes of just deep deep spiral and I caught myself and I said wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, 2021 showed you evidence that you can trust your desires, that you can trust yourself to make financial investments, that you can trust your business leadership. There actually is no evidence that you are bad with money. You grew your business 60% last year. You hit revenues towards the end of the year that were beyond your goal. You, When you invested in your book launch, look at the return it gave you. And so I intercepted that spiral and that fear and scarcity and that like really intense moment. And I was able to remind my mind of the evidence negating all of these negative limiting belief story narratives that I told myself. And so I have lived, 2021 showed me that living in scarcity only gives you more scarcity. And so mm-hmm. I intercepted, I recognized the mind loop my mind was on. I recognized that there was, because I was in a fearful heightened state, there was no way for me to actually see the truth of my life in that moment because I was focusing in on one specific narrative out of survival. And so I stopped what I was doing. I closed my computer. I made myself eat dinner and cook dinner. I did a meditation. I helped my body feel safe. I did my mantra. I'm safe in my emotions. I entered into trust. I prayed to God. I listened to music that helped me get back in. And I just realigned in gratitude and really identifying the abundance in my life. And I was able to intercept, change the feeling, change the emotion, change the belief, change the narrative and wake up the next day and feel really excited about my life and was able to more accurately see the real picture, which is that I'm fucking fine. And then the next day I literally signed an extra $4,000 for my business. So this week I'm feeling really proud because I was able to be self-aware to stop myself in a spiral and intercept it and choose a new feeling and a new belief system in that moment, which prompted me towards abundance and surrender and trust in myself. And I was able to walk myself on the other side of it within a matter of like 12 hours where before a spiral like that could have taken me out for like a week, you know? So mentally feeling uh, strong and proud today. Wow. Okay. Well, that is incredible. I mean, I feel like I relate a little bit to that, you know, telling yourself basically lies. It's (laughs) just like forgetting forgetting your resume, not even resume, just like forgetting what you have been through and being like, whoa, whoa, whoa." like where are these thoughts coming from? Like I have evidence to prove otherwise. It's so interesting that we do that. Well, Dr. Joe Dispenza says that when you're in a fear or fight or flight or survival mode, stressful mode, 
your body actually releases chemicals that do not allow you to see past the exact situation at hand. So you narrowly focus in on the thing that's wrong that's causing you to feel that way. And so you actually don't have the biological and chemical ability in that moment to see past it. So that's why you fixate. That's why you keep going and going and going and going. So when you feel yourself stressed and in fear or scarcity, you have to you have to pause and 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 intercept by a meditation, by a bath, by a walk, by a happy song. The chemical flood, he says, lasts like 90 seconds to two minutes, like the really big rush. And so just accepting that you're feeling that way and finding ways to intercept will allow your body to chemically not pump out those things that allow you and force you to narrowly focus on what's wrong. And so you can pick yourself up and see that. Whoa. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because I do agree with that in terms of like the interception. But at what point does it become a little bit of a avoidance almost? And so, that's uh, gonna, you, know, you know, the fact that we have to sit in discomfort. So there's a difference between something happened beyond your external physical life that makes you feel upset and you have to process. There's a difference between that, like, hey, this is terrible, but it's coming to mind. Someone close to me passed away. Like you have to sit in the discomfort of that grief, right? But more often than not, the emotional challenges that we are faced with every single day are fucking made up by us. They're Mm -hmm. lies. They're complete and total lies. And so- It doesn't mean that in that moment, the reality of the responsibility of my life within my business and buying a home and, you know, hiring a team member, et cetera, that's all real. And I don't need to bypass that, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be able to process it and healthily come to the table if I'm in a spiral that is lying to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So it's, it's so nuanced. And I think the deeper we go into our mental health journeys, Mads, we get to, I think the first step is like sitting in the discomfort. And then the second step is which discomfort do I have to sit in and which discomfort do I have to say, I, you're not serving me anymore and it's time for you to leave. And that, that's the next level. And so when you come across the discomfort that no longer serves you, you get to, with the tools that you've created, intercept it and rewire your chemical brain to believe and feel other things. We have the ability to feel elevated emotions whenever we want to. We just think that elevated emotions, love, happiness, gratitude, excitement, pride, have to be determined on an external factor, but it's not the truth. So if we can practice feeling love, happiness, gratitude, every single day, as many times throughout the day as possible, our brains will get chemically rewired to have that be our norm versus fear, discomfort, scarcity, anxiety, et cetera. Yeah. Wow. So what a great first kickoff of our mental health check-in, weekly check-ins on Green Room. I agree. I agree, man. This was fruitful. This was fruitful. This was delicious. I'm eating the fruits. I'm eating the strawberries. What are you eating? Nothing, but I'm going to go home because I have blackberries and raspberries at home, which blackberries no, is next I, level this luxury. Is metaphorical. Metaphorical. Metaphorical oh, strawberry. I don't, nothing's coming to mind. So. What fruit are you eating? Blackberries. Okay, great. Good. All right. Thank you to <laughs> everyone. Eat a metaphorical fruit. Eat from the fruit of okay. life and yes, uh, yes, go forth it. and prosper. Go forth and prosper. Baruch Hashem. The universe has your back and I love you. (laughs) What a sign off.
Love you. Bye. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.